This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you doing, Jason Glick? I'm doing just fine, John. And yourself? Oh, not too bad. Just wrapping up the rest of this August, you know. Looking forward to all sorts of cool stuff. What are you doing? Let's see. I have been indulging myself with Marvel's latest um, event a little bit later than um, like one would expect because... Yeah, I was just waiting to, to, for this to come out in soft cover, but you know, things inspired for me to actually pick it up in hardcover, and that would be um, Axis, because Marvel likes to um, give all of its writers you know, their shot at um, writing the um, writing the big events, and while Bendis has gotten his um, hit, gotten his bite at the apple several times with um, House of M, um like um, Secret Invasion and um, Siege, like they seem, they tend to like passing it around because you got Millar with um, with uh, Civil War, Greg Pak with um, World War Hulk, uh, Matt Fraction with uh, with uh, uh, Fear Itself, Jason Aaron with um, Original Sin, and now Rick Remender with um, Axis. And, you know, the short version of all this is that Axis draws a short end of the stick as far as um, these Marvel crossover events go. It's And it also kind of makes me feel that, you know, I'm starting to get kind of over Rick Remender as a writer, really. I mean, it's like he, yeah, he gave us one of the best uh, Marvel events um, in, in recent memory with uh, the Dark Angel saga. And that was a great um, story of law. It's like, it's like a law struggle and even and humor as well that um, basically that helped define his... Um, is run Uncanny X Force is one of the best in Marvel history, but you know it's like Remender is uh, he he struggles to find this fine line between between I'm um, telling a compelling story that um you know but also he's he's the kind of guy who likes to break his characters down like more than anything else, and um that kind of that also that also kind of shines through in his um his run on Uncanny Avengers, which you know I've generally enjoyed. Uh, but his um, but his three volume um, epic, um, Avenge the Earth, you know, it's like it was it was entertaining to be sure, but there were also like certain, like a lot of issues. There were also some issues that you know I felt it could have been done better, and it's like um, it, like oh, and all was said and done, and um, like Axis, it's not his final story with Marvel, but it is kind of like his last major story with the company, and um, overall, it's like I kind of um. I'm saying this to you right now. It does feel like a very cynical, um, like event. But um, before I get into the event proper, I got to talk about the uh, Axis Prelude volume of Un- Uncanny Avengers, because it, it basically it it serves as a um, as a wrap up to the Avengers of the Earth saga, while also bi- um, um, setting up the building blocks for for Axis itself by collecting the um, tiny issues of Magneto and the two issues that. Um, that build into the crossover proper. The uh, epilogue issue um, to, to Avenge the Earth should have been collected in, um, like, in the previous volume, because you know it would have made a lot more sense to have it there than here, because it's it, it is just all falling action here, and it also it shows you like how everyone's adapting to the changes um, from the from that event. You know, Sunfire becoming a being of pure cosmic power. Um, Havoc being horribly scarred, and also the uh, twisty inducers with Rogue, which all I can say is, you know, God damn it, Remender. You know, I liked how um, Mike Carey had Rogue um, um, g- finally gain c- 
control of her powers to the point where she can actually, you know, touch people and not have to worry about, um, like, um, reflectively um, absorbing their power. And also just the fact that she was finally alone in her head after all these years. Now, Remender walks this back to the point where, oh, Rogue now can, hat will is forced to absorb people's powers just by touching them. And, oh, she's also got Wonder Man's personality in her head now. So it's like, oh, man, it's like you, we're just, we've done this before. We don't need to see it again. I liked how um, Carrie um, moved the character past this stuff, and we, and we don't need to see him, you know, doing this stuff right here. It's like it's just more annoying than anything else, and it just kind of shows, shows you, hey, you know, like Remender breaks characters down, and that's what he's doing with Rogue. And even though you know he tries to um, put a positive spin on. Havoc and um, the Wasps' um, relationship, and um, you know, Kang, uh, no, Immortus shows up. So, hey, you know, your kid's been kidnapped, but you know, things aren't, you know, it's like all bad right now. And then, um, quickly shifts over to the Red Skull, um, plotting his um, his concentration camp in Genosha. And you know, it's kind of a, uh, it's really a disappointing mixed bag right there. Then you get to the um, issues from Magneto and. Um, See and Uncanny Avengers, which set up the uh, the crossover. And well, spoiler warning: the uh, things I like most about Axis are the fact that you know after finally reading it, I can um, catch up on um, Cullen Bunn's um, Magneto because he's he's got a really good handle on um, the character as being someone being um, in his current form, someone who's been who's been depowered and now kind of the uh, the Punisher for mute for mutant rights, but still it's very much keeping within what's been established for the character, and he's got a great handle on continuity without making it feel overbearing. I mean, when you're when um, he, when um, Magneto's being chased through his mind by the um, Nazi Hitzig, uh, he, um, he, he keeps jumping towards um, you know, familiar um, comic um, comic touch like, um, touchstones in the past, like it's like which, when he was um, confronted with uh, his like, it's like um, it's like his um, son from, like from from Quicksilver and um, uh, that one Inhuman girl Luna, yeah. So, it's like, and also just like when he was when the um, Chicken Sentinels came to take to decimate um, um, Genosha. I mean, there's there's some great good stuff in in Cullen Bunn's uh, Magneto that I liked seeing collected here. And I was glad that I, but also it's collected in Uncanny Avengers, so it's kind of like, you know, I'm buying, like, the same volume for, for the same stories. But, hey, thanks to the magic of um, Comic-Con's um, half-off bins and Amazon's um, bizarrely um, discounted prices um, for the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on there, but Amazon's got some great, has some great deals going on. But I was able to get both volumes for, like, um, about half their cover price. But um, as for the... Uh, but while um, Bun's issues are it's like our like um, our it's like our solemn character studies um, focused on Magneto's um like um solo efforts to try and um say um free Genosha from the Skull's concentration camps and um failing as a result, Remender goes for the um big um superhero like superhero um action route and um eventually has um ha- like has Magneto it's like um. Like no taking out the Red Skull. It's like after the uh, you know after the team just like you know like finally get the sack together. But um, turns out that you know killing the Red Skull not the way things should have gone. And 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 just like killing killing his physical body only freed his mind to become 
the red onslaught. It's like basically a uh, basically like if you remember like um, onslaught from the '90s uh, Marvel crossover. There you go. It's like he's he's got that, and he's got a bunch of tentacles as well. So you know he means business. Also in this volume is the uh, Uncanny Avengers Annual, which has a um, some fun bits of self-parody as uh, Mojo tries to um, rebuild his um, network standing with the Mojoverse. And Remender kind of um, descends into um, comic-style self-parody as well. It's fun, but it's kind of only interesting for its um, meta-narrative about the uh, difficulties of creating comics in a shared superhero universe overseen by a corporate entity like Marvel. So, not... Not bad, not terrible either. No, not particularly good either. Anyway, but as for Axis itself, uh, well, okay, there's a decent idea at its core in that Axis is kind of like a modern spin on the whole, you know, the good guys become bad, bad guys become good. But, I don't know, it's like, I'm not sure how this could have been spun better, but in Remender's hands, it just feels really cynical and ultimately fairly unimaginative because i mean i lo- okay the best part about this um event are the first three issues which basically have the um the avengers and the x-men squaring off against um the red onslaught and it's a and it's a good um you know like um heroes um face off against an unstoppable threat and the only way they can win is by having the bad guys um come and help out because um is like well um because well, um, the Red Onslaught is basically um, fostering World War hate by um, basically provoking um, hate, hate, racism, all that bad stuff um, throughout the world. Um, it's like our heroes have to, um, you know, stop him from projecting that. And hey, it's like you know they. And so Magneto, when he gets a chance, he he bu- he bugs off, um, leaving um, Iron Man um, in the lurch, and as he does it. But um, he gets um, the, he gets the villains in the form of like the likes of um, Loki. Um, Sabretooth, Mystique, Doctor Doom, like those, and Carnage, best of all, really. And um, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like the first, the first third, first three issues are are fun. It's like are fun, like you know, heroes facing an insurmountable threat that they eventually manage to um take out through magical um Wetsman jiggers. And only the only thing is, you know, these this magical Wetsman jigger, masterminded by Doom and um the Scarlet Witch, basically uh, uh uses chaos magic to invert all the personalities. So all the heroes that were there are basically now just completely freed of their morality and all the uh, villains that were there now actually have a moral compass to observe. And here's where things start going off off the rails. You know, because um, the heroes, I mean, they just really start acting like dicks more than anything else. I mean, just like the hero, they talk about ha- like... um. Sam Wilson, as new Captain America, starts talking about, "Oh, this fog was lifted, and now I see things more clearly." It's like, and um, and everyone else, you feel the same way. And Ellie Adventure's like, "Oh yeah, we're we're complete dicks now too." It's like, and it's and um the in the experience saying, "Oh no, like um Xavier's dream was na- was a complete was complete bullshit." And it's like now we're gonna like appear to Apocalypse's survival of the fittest because you know at the at 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 the epicenter of this um switch was also Evan. Or Kid Apocalypse from Remender's run, uh, interested in Remender's um, Uncanny Avengers run, but um, now that he's been inverted by the uh, switch, he's instead of being like this kid who's struggling against being Apocalypse, now he's got all Apocalypse's um, you know personality quirks 
um, run into the run into the four. Now he's he just he ad- adopted the mantle of apocalypse from here on out. So it's so basically you've got like heroes being dicks and um, villains um you know trying to stop trying to stop the heroes. And also it's worth noting that um, while I gave um Tom Taylor a lot of shit for um his um superior Iron Man um, volume that I reviewed a couple a little while ago, it looks like um with in the pages of Axis, he was, you know, just following what Remender set out. So basically it was Remender who um, set up the idea of, uh, of Tony offering ext- extremists. In, it's like, um, for, like for, for, as a um, paid, as a paid subscription um, app plan through your, through your phone and um, taking on um, Daredevil in the process. So, so yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, Taylor had, had to deal with the setup, but in the end he still couldn't de- um, deliver it um, render it any better than Remender did, but still, it's like it's that's the problem. I mean, like, all these heroes, I mean, they don't do anything interesting. They just act like dicks, and you just get. I get the feeling that you know, if the heroes were kind of like free of their like you know moral constraints, they would be um, you know taking on like you know trying to make a better world. You know, it's like hey, saying like, this is what we think would make the world better, and we're going to do it whether you like it or not. We don't get that here. We just get standard supervillain bullshit, and um, and like you know, some and some here and then some villains just you know like getting a conscience as well. Like Mystique, you know, finally not acting like a bitch after all these years. Loki not being able to lie, and perhaps best of all, Carnage, um, Spider-Man's evil um symbiote villain, um, acting like a hero, like a, a good old southern bo- southern boy hero, and um, that's the best parts of this book. Are are seeing um, Spider-Man react to Carnage's heroism, in the sense that you know after um, he's even saved at one point, Spider-Man says, "Can't quite get Mark Mouth to say thank you, Carnage," and that's that that stuff is fun, but there's not nearly enough of it over the course of this the uh, course of the um, ser- the event to really make it um worth like um worthwhile. I mean. If you're like me, and I, I said this before, you are invested in the narrative of the Marvel Universe, then yes, you are going to buy Axis at some point. If not in hardcover like it is now, then um, when eventually the softcover um, volume comes out. Just so you can know what com- what what's going on here. And as it turns out, um, um, Tony's um, villain shift um, in the... Co- like that was also mentioned in the course of um, Hickman's Avengers run. It turns out he did bring that um, on him on himself, and um, you know I sort of liked some, you know, see some effort by his um, by his friends to try and um, you know get get their to get their um, comrade in arms back to the way they knew him, the, the hero that they that they know him to be. We don't actually see that, and that's kind of disappointing. But um, Axis overall, it's. You know, it's like it, and um, in the end, it's like you get to feel it's like the heroes. You know, it's like are basically um like subject to the mercy of the villains who want to be better, but um no, but um, sac- but but ultimately, like you know, sacrifice their newfound morality in order to um ch- change things back to the way they were. And I don't know. It's like it just feels like that. You know, is this? How Remender really feels that in the end, the only people capable of true heroism are villains who have been mind shift, who have been, um, you know, 
who have had their minds manipulated by um, forces beyond their control. That's that's kind of disappointing. But considering what what I've seen in his creator-owned work, then that doesn't actually feel too far off the mark, and it just it's just really disappointing. And um, ultimately, um, yeah, yeah, Axis. One, easily one of the least of Marvel's um, it's like big events and um, the art oh yeah the art the, um, it's handled by um, the first six issues are handled by um, Adam Kubert, Linneal Yu and Terry Dodson for um, two issues each and for these two issues all like all the artists provide solid work even though um, much as I like Dodson um, his uh, you know it's like his style isn't um, really all that consistent with um, like um, like um, Hubert and and um, use um, detailed detailed work. Hubert and um, you also provide um, an issue each for the uh, like for the for the uh, final third, but um, like you can tell they're um, you know, rushing against deadlines there. And then um, the final issue, oh man. Uh, I think the pl- initial plan was to have Jim Chung um, illustrate the whole thing, but Chung's um, parts clearly really rushed to the point where um, you, Hubert, and Dodson all had to pitch in, and it's clear that all, all the ar- that all the artists were um, you know rushed were were um, fighting against deadline pressure right right there. It's wow. It's like it is not something that um, either the uh, that any of the artists, that final issue is not something that any of the artists, I imagine, will uh, want to have, um, you know, on on their resume. It's like, a, it's like in the end. So, like I said, Axis only worth, really only worth reading if you're um, missed in the ongoing narrative of the Marvel Universe, like I am. But now that I, since I've actually read it, I could actually um, catch up on the cat on the tie-in issues featured in um, Colin Bunn's Magneto, and um, yeah. It's this is um these were quite good, and I can see why he's being handed um Uncanny X Men for the uh, Marvel relaunch in October. Um, he's he's got a his um, version of like a depowered uh, Magneto, um fight, fighting for mutant rights is still it's like still quite compelling, especially in the sense that he's you know that Magneto and heck his 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 morality is a lot more gray than you'd expect from like from a superhero or X Men in general. I mean. It's like, I, like on volumes two and three have lots lots of good stories. It's like for him taking on a uh, like a, a caged on um, Predator X um, mutant fighting match in it's like in Hong Kong to a to a mutant growth hormone ring in um, it's like it's like in the, in the Southland of the United States of America. It's like and also just showing you how um, it's like it's like how he got to Genosha and how he round, um, um, rounded up this group of villains to save the. To um, help save the day against the fight against the Red Onslaught in Axis, and um, it's like it's and you know even though it's like you know he's essentially fighting for you, he's also you know quite compromised in the process in the sense that he's um he also realizes that the you know, this mutant growth hormone can actually um help restore his powers to um you know his the pre um Phoenix intervention levels, but um you know yeah he's um but he so there's a certain amount of self glorification there. And also just you know moral compromise, so I mean especially when he takes the uh, fight to shield in on um, volume three, it's like and um it's like has to deal with one of the uh, w- the um, nightmare f- from his um, past um brought like brought to life, so it's 
So these two volumes of Magneto, uh, volumes two and three, reversals and shadow games, quite good. And um, I, it's like, and I'm looking forward to seeing. And even though there's only one volume left, which is basically a last days story tied into Secret Wars, it's like I, it's like I'm looking forward. I, it's like I'm looking forward to, to reading about it, and also just seeing um, what um, Bun has in store for the for the character because apparently he's going to be part of um, his Uncanny run as well. So you know, even though the series is only going to run for four volumes, Magneto's story under Bun is not quite over, and that's definitely a good thing. So overall, you know, Axis, you know, only. One for the completists, Magneto. Um, definitely, like um, one for um, those who um, like, it's like who like their X Men stories. Um, diff- it's like different as well. It's like different and character driven. It's like it's good stuff, and it's like and also I, I'll, as a final bit, I liked um, the, uh, the 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 uh, development of um, Magneto's human um, human associate um, Briar Rowley, as um, as you find out just exactly what her deal is. It's like in volume. It's like in volume three, and that hey, you know, it turns out even though Magneto is a mutant and he's all about mutant rights, um, he's all about um, I'm smacking all about getting some of that human booty as well. Good times. So, um, <laughs> John, any thoughts on your end about all this? You're getting that booty. Um, so, you think it falls a little short of your expectations, or? I had heard that um, Axis wasn't all that good, and that was why I didn't buy it as soon as it came out. But um, I had a friend of mine tell me, like, yeah, it's not bad. And then eventually um, I saw it on Amazon. It finally came down to a decent um, price. And plus, well, it's like it was also kind of like I, after reading um, Superior Superior Iron Man, after I got the volume for half off at Comic-Con, I, I was kind of like you know, wondering about the circumstances that turned um, Tony... Um, into a villain, so yeah, I was I, I had like lots of impetus to, to read this, but it's just kind of like, needed the uh, the right um, it, all the bits um, about the ongoing narrative, narrative of the Marvel universe eventually dictated that I read this now, and then the um, discounted offered by Amazon basically made me go, okay, I can I can afford to do that as well. Hmm. Okay. Well, cool. All right. Well. Um. Yeah. So, uh, outside of that, I really don't have any other thoughts. Um, Go read um, Bun's Magneto. It's good stuff. What's that? Go read um Cullen Bun's Magneto. It's good stuff. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what we're going to be talking about next week? I'm thinking be digging into um something else. I got the uh, final volume of at Comic Con. That would be um actually um someone else who has done a um very offbeat um X Men story that I've talked about here. That'd be um Cy Spurrier's um four volumes of Crossed, which you were wish you were here, which shows that hey, it turns out that Gar- that um he can actually do the uh, Crossed concept justice, and it's not just Garth Ennis who can do this stuff as well. All right. We'll catch you next time on Comet Picks by the Glick. Right. Laters. Bye.